coming to you live from Parkview Studios, The Garage. This is the Brothers Catch-Up, a weekly podcast for two brothers coming together to catch up. I'm Sal Biazzi. With me, as always, is my brother, Frankie. Man, I gotta say, you said it at the start. Of what? You said, I'm not really excited anymore. Or, like, I'm not excited yet, like, in the middle of the week, looking forward to Game of Thrones. Oh. And I think it was, like, Wednesday of this week where I legitimately caught myself thinking, like... It's full on for me now. Can't wait for Sunday. Like, it's, like, my weeks are now, like, okay, great, there's football on Sunday, but better than that is Sunday night. I'm watching Thrones, baby. So, I mean, we can get into the individual episode that just happened and spoil it and talk about it, which, so if you don't watch the show or you're not interested in that, feel free not to pay attention. But we are, and we always talk about Game of Thrones. But I'm more interested in some discussion that I'm seeing okay. now happen about Game of Thrones that is annoying to me. And I think we've kind of already touched on it a few episodes back, but now we can maybe touch on it more. Okay, well, this is where I'll start to you then. Okay. How cool is it? And I don't know. I I actually, on my Twitter, which is like, that's where I get like the pulse of what's going on. Yeah. I haven't seen much about Game of Thrones. It must just be the people I follow and things that happen. I don't see much Game of Thrones talk on mine. I think it took them eight episodes. And they are, like, already the best show on television and probably the best thing that's been on TV since Game of Thrones. Like, they are so much better than anyone else doing TV. And they're embarrassing people like what Amazon's trying to do with... They're making it look... Lord, Rings of Power. It's so bad. And She-Hulk at Marvel and things like that. Um, the people I follow who do talk pop culture... Are they saying are it's not into good? Game of Thrones. No, they love it. And these are people who were not excited for it going in because they were the people who were most hurt at the end of so season eight i will say i wasn't excited going into it like i was excited i was like, oh cool like new but I, I and i wasn't hurt by season eight i think the people who hurt by season eight are losers i think season eight was completely well, that's fine where i want to go i, wanna, I, wanna I think season eight there. was completely fine uh whatever there can be complaints about certain things but overall it was still a good season of tv and I just wasn't excited for this because I didn't know what this was going to be. I didn't know. Spinoffs have, I think, like, there's a bad, there's a negative connotation with the word spinoff. There's very few, like, good ones. There's some really good ones. But for the most part, I feel like a lot of times they're a little cheesy. They're just cash grabs. Which, I mean, I actually do think this is a cash grab. But at the same time, it is such, I think... I was having this thought yesterday during the episode. Is like, I think this storyline is more fascinating than the storyline that we saw in Game of Thrones. There's a lot more intrigue here. I think, like, a whole family, like a big family, that's just like this big political... That spent 20 years waiting to tear itself apart. Oh my god, it's good, man. It's so good. I think what's happening is it's starting to pick up steam the way the old Game of Thrones did in the middle. Like People are starting to tune in. I think now that the season's coming to an end, it'll pick up even more as we get to the season finale. And then in the time between season, season one two. and two, people are really going to stream it in its completion well, and like it. After the first... And it's going to get really big, just like the old Game of Thrones It's going to be bigger. Because after the first couple episodes, I was like... 
Like, episode one was, like, a light, like, let's get started. Then episode two is where they, like, they showed you the action. And my biggest thing was, like, I was worried this show did act, this show was doing action so well. And I was worried that how is it going to do an episode when it, it doesn't rely on its, on, like, really cool action. And last night. It's fantastic. Last night, there was. Well, it's two weeks in a row. Yeah. Like, nothing really is happening in terms of, like. Battles or battles. action or whatever. Don't, don't need it. Just put these people in a room and talk and conspire. It's so good. It's so good. So, what I think is this is indicative of is, like, what George R. R. Martin is doing is he's creating a visual universe that's going to rival, like, Star Wars Marvel. or Marvel, these types of things. If it continues on this path. But people who, are compl- who like, wrote off Game of Thrones because of Season 8 are going to look foolish because Game of Thrones is one of the greatest TV shows of all time. The mm-hmm. ending isn't that bad. It's actually pretty good. And, like, the shit that... If you're someone who complains about the ending of Game of Thrones because of, like, the Night King and Arya Stark, I really do think that those stories aren't done yet. And that George R. R. Martin is going to revisit those things. And I think... Like, I think George... It's setting up now. Like, George R. R. Martin might be just a big KOTOR fan. Because I think <laughs> Jon Snow is going to end up being, like, uh, Revan. Like, I think this whole prince that was promised thing is him going beyond the wall... He's going to find out that the Night King... Like, we know nothing about the White Walkers. The Night King is not... This is all Game of Thrones spoilers, by the way. Night King is not <laughs> the final White Walker threat. That there's, like, an entire empire of the dead beyond the wall. That the, that the humans know nothing about. And he's going to have to return. Now, he, I think, like, Bran being on the throne as a warg can, like, warg... Like, think about the Jon Snow spinoff series that they're rumored to be, like, actually producing. Jon Snow and his giant direwolf, Bran can warg into the direwolf, and they're just going beyond the wall to explore this threat that they know nothing about for Jon Snow to come back and then eventually reclaim the throne as Azor Ahai, the prince that was promised, first of his name, and finish the story in about okay. 10 years' time. You guys, It's going to be well, great. Hold on. Hold on. That right there, yeah. everything you just said, is exactly why people were upset with season 8. You're, like... Yeah. They're right. They had these ideas of like how you ended against the White Walkers, and they didn't do that. Well, they they, they maybe they're just wrong. Maybe, but like, if that show doesn't happen, and what you're saying doesn't happen. But I I think every day that House of the Dragon exists, it's more obvious that it will happen. Now the next thing is everything I was listening to this morning because I was just I was knee deep in. Like, my Mondays now are just... On Dolphins' losses, especially. Yeah, like, just give me every Game of Thrones thing I can get my hands on. And that's what they were saying. Like, they're saying, like, they are clearly putting a lot of work in this show about the prophecy. That if what we saw in Game of Thrones, that prophecy never comes true on the screen in Game of Thrones. There was never a prince that was promised. The, there's no, there's Some not a the target. prophecy comes through. It's not that he's the one who takes out the, the the Night King. So that could be the argument. Is like, well, the reason why the that prophecy wasn't correct is because it's not time yet. Like, story's not over. But then my question is, well, like, if the story's not over, why'd they end it? The story was over. Well, Game of Thrones is about the throne. And it ends because Bran gets that the That war is done. Like, we're watching House of Dragon, which is about a civil war in the Targaryen timeline. Yes. Game of Thrones was about a civil war in 
the Targaryen more than a civil war. It was like a. I mean, it was essentially a civil war. It was a well, it was a great civil war. It was there's a lot of families. It wasn't like a war of conquest. Like I guess maybe from Daenerys' point of view, it was it was both. It was like it was a huge war, plus the aspect of the White Walkers. But that aspect of the White Walkers wasn't really explained or explored outside of what the characters were able to explore themselves. Like we don't know anything really about that, other than that the characters learned at some point they can kill them with dragon glass, and that they were coming to attack them, and they fended off the attack. That's all that happened. So how many times do the king actually ride at the front of the attack? Like never. Never. I think George R. R. Martin maybe his story isn't done. And if but if that's the case, like, do you? Oh man, because that's a it's such an intriguing prospect. Like that is such a cool. People are so mad that Arya Stark killed the Night King, which we only give him the name the Night King because that's what we, we assumed he is. Because he has a little crown. There's a Night Prince. Oh my gosh! Hi, Rosie. Hi, baby. Rose, you want to be on the podcast? Nice fruit snacks. Can I have one? Oh, she didn't give me one. Oh, thank you, Rose. Rose, can I get one? Ooh, they're so wet in there. I'm actually going to pass. It's just her whole slobbery hand. Don't eat that one. That went on the ground. Okay. Well. Rose, come on. We're going to play outside. Yum. Rose, I love your little outfit. That is the wettest gummy snack in existence right now. Alright. Thanks for stopping by. But yeah, like, the Night, the night King was a, he might be the Night Prince. We know nothing about him other than what the characters My only thing with that is, is like, I can't, I can't put my, my, my eggs in that, in that basket. But, pe- my only point is that people wrote off, we've said this on the podcast multiple times before, People wrote off season eight because the story didn't go the way they wanted it to go. Correct. I don't judge Game of Thrones on that standard. Correct. You should, I don't you have should judge it on what it is. To judge it by, and I like the story. Like I think Arya Stark, when she killed the Night King, was deserved. She earned that kill. That was fucking awesome. It was just like when Damon yesterday in the episode sliced off Varys Damon. He- Damon's head. It was like, oh, cool. By the I way, didn't see that coming. Okay, that's what I was going to like. So when he's going, like, when he's, like, seething with anger, and he's, like, yelling at Rhaenyra and the kids, and he says it, like, bastards, and you're a whore. And I I was, like, I was, like, and, like, Viserys is, like, I'm going to have your tongue for that. I was, like, tongue? Someone should kill this dude. And as I'm finishing that thought, his head gets sliced in half, and I was, like, (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) it's good. Yeah, man. It's good. But, yeah, I mean... So my only point, not to interrupt you one, one last time, my only point is just that. Because I'm trying to get, a, I've been trying to get a thought out and I can't articulate it, but it's about what you're saying. Is like, do you think George R. R. Martin had this whole thing in his head? Like, I think he already does. Because didn't that's we, why he's not writing this book. Well, this is okay. So right, he's got, he's like, this is better. He's like, it's like, easier. He has a team of people to put it on. Forget the easier. Print. It's just like it's better. He's like, listen, I'm a good writer and I could put words to paper, but like. I can make a movie, a 70-hour-long movie that's going to explain everything, everything that's in my head. Yeah. Why do and I need that? Just as another creative, I would like to envision myself as a creative person, but if like I, there were a better way to put my thoughts down, like I had a team of people to transcribe all my thoughts and then like 
visualize. But them. that's what. Oh man, that'd be like, great. That's what I'm saying. Like in def- like if George R. R. Martin's like, listen, look how good my books are, and that was just me writing. He goes, yeah. wait, this is gonna be so much better. I'm gonna be able to do things I could never write. Woo! <laughs> Rose, do you like Game of Thrones? She hasn't seen it yet. Rose, you haven't been watching Hot D? <laughs> It's too. It's too much. Wait, I gotta wait till she's four or five. Um, but so like, do you think? Because I, here's, I think, God, that was the worst. Free like, I can't speak. <laughs> At the end of Game of Thrones, during season eight, isn't that when we first started getting, like, the news about, like, a show? It's like House of Dragon was being. Maybe not worked on, but, like, written, rumored. rumored, before Game of Thrones had ended. Yeah. So, like... There's a Jon Snow show rumored right now. Rumored. Which means it's probably been written since before House of Dragon was ever in creation. Like, because these things Jon take Snow time. goes beyond the wall. He so does like, something if, beyond the wall. So, if, like, in season six, right? Like, because they say... I don't know how accurate this is, but, like, Benioff and Weiss, when they first sat down with George R. R. Martin, they, like went over what they think the ending might be. What if they named the show Azora High? Just to, like, give everyone the finger. Badass. <laughs> because, like, if George R. R. Martin is, like, they're in season six, and they come to him, and they're like, hey, we know we're, like, getting close to ending it. Um, we would love to explore more of your work. And he's like, he goes, you know, actually, like, I I have this whole idea. And, like, 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 he just sits down with HBO executives, and he's, like, explaining everything. And they're like, and they're just putting on the drawing board of, like, we could have seven different Game of Thrones shows. And, like, I get excited at the idea of, like, like a Star Wars, right? Where, like, you said it in the very beginning of this show. Because I thought this show was going to be House of the Dragon, like a standalone. HBO made the decision to put Game of Thrones, House of Dragon, as its title. It is Game of Thrones. It, the, the image is there. It's the same font. It's the same intro music. They are building a world. This is not going to be the only show. There will for sure be at least another. They're going to keep probably until people stop watching. A ton good, more. People are going to keep watching. And it's good. And you got to get... As long as you keep why getting showrunners that love it. Yeah. Why wouldn't they do a three-season Robert's Rebellion? Why wouldn't they do... Of course. If a Jon Snow... Even if it's one season of Jon Snow just to wrap it up, he goes... Or two. Dude, I want to see... But like, dude, you could do more than a three-season Robert Rebellion. Because you could do it very much like this. Where, like, started out with Robert and Ned being the ward... Because the, they started out as wards for Rob Aaron. Or... Yeah. John Aaron. John Aaron. Like, so they could be, like, nine years old when the show first starts. And we can go all the way until Robert finally takes out the Mad King. They could redo the whole first season of Game yeah, of Thrones dude. and have Ned's head get cut it's off again. It's fucking cool. Oh my god, that'd be fun. You do it from a different point of view when you get to that point. <laughs> There's a lot you could do. Oh god, this is gonna be loud. Oh, That's man. gonna come right <laughs> back in here. Um, Why do I live next to a, How did I live next to a truck stop? But, where I start getting excited is like, if we're gonna have seven different series when it's all said and done that have Game of Thrones in its title... That all they all have the same music but a little bit different and like we start talking like an amusement park like we have Harry Potter world why not give me Game of Thrones world where the entire amusement park is just Game of Thrones shit by the way I have to get my new Xbox by the time this new Harry Potter video game comes out Hogwarts Legacy you see it I want the Xbox but 
I was watching reviews and like I just think I need the one the full one the full one and I refuse to spend the money on the full one and it's impossible to get anyway. a next gen console so like the, the only, only one, one you, I, you can get, get is, is the, the one cheap I Xbox. yeah which probably would be fine but you're gonna what are your li- what are your concerns with the limitations of it just storage or whatever. storage is huge to get an external SD but then you're spending the, the money that you would have paid for the full one no they're not that expensive they're expensive like the one terabyte external that you can buy from Microsoft is like three hundred bucks. It's like, well, what? The, because it comes with, it comes with like. Is it four? It's not four K either, right? No, I think it is. I don't know. Maybe not. Four, I don't know. And there's but no drive. It's all down. No drive, which I don't care about that. And I do like that Game Pass. Like the included price is like pretty affordable. I don't know how much I'd use Game Pass. Like I don't. Apparently, Game you Pass would, is awesome. I think you would use it a lot, but like for me, I don't think I would use it a ton. So I don't know. But yeah, the new Harry Potter game looks sick. Are we done talking about Game of Thrones? I wanted to say about Game of Thrones. It's culturally significant show on a global scale. Interesting. What? I think it's. I can't I, hear you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. A global... I think it's... This is going to be the worst podcast ever. I think it's a culturally significant show on, like, a global scale. Yes. Which is weird. Yeah. Because, like, like we said, like I was saying before, all these other franchises have tried now to do this, and Game of Thrones has just done it twice. Well, that's what I was saying. And almost on accident. I don't even know if they knew that they had... This is so good. They must know. But, I mean, it's so good. I don't know. That's so funny. Like, you're, you're saying the exact thoughts I was having last night as I was watching it. Because every week, I've been, like, holding it a, a back. I didn't want to fully... And I texted you yesterday when I had, like, 20 minutes left in the episode. And I said, word for word to you, I said, Game of Thrones is rocking on all cylinders right now. It's, it's really good. It is fantastic. And I don't... How is it? That no other show, movie, can do what they've done now a second consecutive time. Well, it's just nice that we have something unifying in our culture again. Like... That people can tune in, look forward to, and then all come together and, like, People talk, talk about, about, like, the golden age of, of TV when it was, like, The Sopranos and The Wire and, like, all, Oz. Breaking Bad came on TV. And then Breaking Bad's, like, later. And then we haven't... Other than Game of Thrones, there's been... I mean, there's been good shows, but nothing to that caliber. That's captured the attention of, like, tens of millions and of they people said, week in and week out. And they said, well, we're, we're going to make another show, actually. And uh, here it is. And everyone's like, all right, we'll check it out. Like, we're going to... It's probably not going to be as good, but, you know, it'll be fun. Oh, yeah, this is pretty good. Oh, wow, this is really good. Wow, this feels like Game of Thrones. Holy shit, this show is really fucking awesome. I think the truck is going. Oops. How much do we lose? Huh? How much do we lose? No, I just got an email that I have an appointment at 4.30. And it's oh, I thought the recording stopped. No, it's currently like 4.32. What was the appointment for? Student loan stuff. What kind of student loan stuff? I don't know. Gradfin was like, we got to go over loan stuff now that you're... Loans are coming back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll do an appointment. We'll talk about it all. And then I just didn't do it. talk about shit. Yeah, no, I don't know. 
not worried about it. Um, yeah. Um, wait, did you see this marijuana stuff with Biden? Yeah, he's legalizing. <laughs> For best president ever. <laughs> that's what I'm. That's what I'm being told. Oh my god, dude. Dude, Joe Biden is such a good president if you live in the brain of someone who doesn't pay attention to stuff. Lauren Boebert tweeted, I have two words. Now, I've disconnected myself from almost all political stuff. Congratulations. I'm just waiting for the... Welcome, n- welcome to the new age. I know. I'm just waiting for the nukes to fall. Here's the problem with that, though. It can't happen. There's so much Game of Thrones stuff I want to see in the future. I know. We need to... Well, that's what I'm hoping Putin is a a Game of Thrones fan. If I'm... I might run... You can't risk killing George I might run for office. I don't know what office. Probably president. And just be like... My only platform is I will do whatever it takes to make sure we can all live as happy as we can until Game of Thrones is completely finished. Then we're all on our own. I used to... I used to think back, like, about big events, and you go, I just want to live long enough for that, to see that. We saw Judge. I, I've i gotten to see some good shit. I want to see the end of Jon Snow's story. My new thing is Game of Thrones. Like, <laughs> I need to finish of- whatever this is, whatever however long we go for. Let me just get to the end of that. Give me the end of Jon Snow. Supposedly, Kit Harrington is helping to write it, too. I don't know if I like that. He's like big into the character Jon Snow. Like he like is he like he like became Jon Snow. He's like, like he goes, this is me. Like he did all the he did like a couple movies something. after it ended that were essentially like him just being Jon <laughs> Snow. Being Jon Snow. Um, but no, Lauren Boebert tweeted, and I like I said I'm disconnected for everything, so I don't even know things anymore. And I put this together more than people on Twitter. I'm not even on Twitter, and I saw this. She tweeted two words, President Biden. Let's go, Brandon. As like a joke. Because Biden said two words and then said some three-word Oh, yeah, he said... uh, God bless America. No, he said made in America. Made in America, yeah. Which is so funny. It was so funny. No, he might have been joking. I think he's... No. I think he's ridiculous. He's serious. Yeah, I think he's demented. But Democrats on Twitter, blue check people... Went after Lauren Boebert making fun of her like she was the idiot. First. And it's just like the perfect example of like how half informed. Like Democrats who think if you're a Democrat, you're wait. Why vote. were they saying she was an idiot? Because it was three words. Yes, because they didn't get that she was making fun of Joe Biden. No, come on. And my point is, how are they not getting that? My point is, if you're someone who's going to go out and vote for Joe Biden, I believe it's got to be at least somewhat possible. That you only have half of the story. So, like, just go inform yourself before you go out there and blaming Republicans and voting for Democrats to fix your problems when I'm begging you and pleading with you and trying to convince you that the Democrats are actually the root cause of most of our problems. Not because the Democrats are inherently more evil than the Republicans, but because we are we live in a society where it's a good cop, bad cop routine. And we give and the, the all Demo- the power to the, the good Democrats cops. Democrats are the good cop. And you're the fucking mark. But that's what I'm saying, right? It's like, (laughs) if the Democrats... I've I've had this thought for a while now. It's nothing groundbreaking. Everyone thinks it every day. But if the Democrats were the good cop and were so good, and like, why isn't everything great? (laughs) Why haven't they fixed anything? Why isn't everything awesome all the time? Because, like, they've been in power now, like, basically my whole life. 
Pretty much. The my young age, it was Bill Clinton, and then okay, then Bush comes in, and but even then, Bush didn't have Senate or congressional control Obama for much com- of his presidency. Obama comes in, he has super majority, yeah. so he could do whatever he wants. Like so, what? What am I missing? That like Trump that got in office, I, never had Congress. I all I get told every day online by by young people, old people, is that like if you support Republicans, you're evil. But like all I want to know is, what am I missing? Where like where's where's Where the, the Democrats become the good guy? Where's the prosperity, huh? Where's everything all being all sunshine and roses? Well, you see, Democrats will keep you poor, but they'll do it while not being racist. Yeah, but it's, it's just it's also dumb. I don't know. I look. Could gay people get married until Democrats? But they're just throwing bones to a hungry dog. That's all they're doing. And also... That like, was they're the, not giving you food. That was the Supreme Court that did that. That wasn't Obama. I think that's a great analogy, by the way. Like, the people are hungry. And, like, the Republicans don't have anything. They have no food, they have no bones, <laughs> and they're like, I can't help you. The best we can do is stop these guys from just... But and see, then, every bone And that, then the Democrats are there with these, like, little treats. And it's like, you're starving, so you'll take the treats. But, like... That's not food. But most of the treats actually like to actually give them to people. They're like, you have to they're steal. give us diarrhea. Yeah, like they're it's like actually poisonous just food. It's actually just the shit that you just shit out. They just molded it into a dog <laughs> the bone shape. Like, Here, eat, eat this. And you're like, all right, it's your own. It's shit. the only thing I have. Dude, what a good analogy. They're just feeding you your dude, own we just, shit. We dude, we just we just created the greatest analogy for politics. I know. So that's what the whole weed thing feels like because he didn't free anyone from anything. He didn't do anything. He didn't it was like six thousand people across the country, like who, affected by this rule, yeah, who like won't even be released from prison because like the marijuana part of their charge is like after they rape someone. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah, Again, it's like you what, were a serial rapist. You also were caught with a joint. It's so. almost as if. Well, actually, that. I think this is exactly what what happens. It's like they sit down and they go over all the options of like, what can we do. That's going to sound like we're doing something really good that really doesn't affect anything. That's, that's like their whole political strategy. It's like, what yeah. can sound great but impact almost nothing? And if it impacts anything, it's going to be to our financial benefit. Yeah. It's crazy. Yep. So. Anyway, that's why I watch Game of Thrones. Do you think Joe Biden watches Game of Thrones? I always... When I used to watch House of Cards, I used to... Um, like season one and two, like Hillary Clinton's watching I, House of Cards. I was like, how ironic will it be? Like, because you know, like, like the all, like J- the Podesta wing, like the Jake Sullivan's, all these people who like came up under that like era of the era that's now in charge of the entirety of our government. These people love the West Wing, and I think it's so funny because the West Wing should not be what our political class like loves and talks about, but the fact that it is is very enlightening about like who they are as people and yeah. what they think about what they do. And I wouldn't be surprised if they all love and talk about Game of Thrones constantly and don't ever even acknowledge the parallels to like their own <laughs> world that they live in. <laughs> Which would be terrifying. But I hope not. Like I hope that they're just not into fantasy. Like it needs to be like literally about them. Like I believe that they would watch House of Cards and be like, "Oh my god, remember when we killed that guy cuz he found out about that affair?" How hilarious. People like, it's obviously natural for George R. R. Martin to be compared to uh, 
Tolkien and that other guy. That C.S. Lewis? No. From the Chronicles of Narnia? Frank. Lloyd Wright? No. The guy who Weber. wrote. Frank Weber. The guy who wrote Dune. Right? Like, is do, that Frank Weber? I think so. I don't know. Is it not? I have no idea. I think it is. I think it is Frank Weber. Maybe not. But the guy who wrote Dune, obviously Tolkien, and George R. R. Martin, I feel like are the three, like, big fantasy writers. And. I think if he just stops writing and just starts creating all these shows, I think the fantasy community of, like, like people who love novels will start to look at George R. R. Martin with, like, a little disdain that, like, he... He didn't finish the book. But, for people like me, but I am he's a book reading reader. A bigger, he's reaching a bigger audience. I am a book reader. I have not read a single chapter since the last episode, but I've been busy. I'll I will, get back there. I will be reading that book. I will finish... Listen, before I die, I will finish the Game of Thrones book series. Have, my mind is on it. Mm-hmm. Your watch is just... Are you doing it on purpose? Because <laughs> it looks like you're really focusing and trying to get that watch to shine directly into my eyes. <laughs> it's so sunny. I do that when I drive sometimes. Try to blind I'm other drivers. Get, I try and get the sun to angle at other cars to see if I can... Can I, get, can I hit someone? It's like a laser pointer at a plane. Um, alright, well, that's all I had. I just want to talk about that, because, you know... Well, wait, hold on, before we end it. What? Are you Team Blacks or Team Greens? Oh, Blacks all the way, but I do like Eamon. I saw, I saw, a lot of the conversation I'm seeing is like, oh, Eamon and Damon are going to be rivals. I know I how. look at, I think Eamon, like, kind of looks up to, to Damon. I think so, too, but right? they are I, rivals, still. I think he's like, I want to kind of be a badass like my uncle. He kind of wants to fight. They want to fight each other. Yeah, but like in like a like a, oh, I want to beat beat you. And but like, they want to kill each other, dude. No, I don't think they do. Not I think they're gonna not be, in like a malicious way, but like in like a, no, I think they're in gonna like a warrior up, kind of way. I don't know anything about this story. I think they're gonna wind up being besties. Probably, I actually, probably wrong. I actually know what happens to both of them. Yeah, I don't know in why. The books. I don't in know the why books. you decided to in the books to ruin. Everything for yourself, but that's fine. Well, I don't think I've ruined anything. As long as you keep it to you, I'm happy. I don't care. I don't think reading the spark notes on that book that's hardly any description of what's actually being put on screen is ruining anything. Like, I, all I have is the general outline of the major events in this conflict. And one of the major events in this conflict involves both of them, and I know what happens. And I can't wait to see what they do on screen, but based on everything I've seen so far... I haven't known anything that's going to happen. Like, I... In fact... You didn't know Vayman's head was going to get sliced no, in I half? No, I didn't even know Vayman was. Head? Not sliced off. Like, I don't even know who most sliced of these characters are. I just know that certain specific things also, are going to take place. The the Damon line of, like, you can keep your tongue. And it shows, like, his, his tongue, tongue is, is attached to his body. Oh, what a line. Well, that's the kind of accuracy he has with his blade. Like, he knew, like... He He's like, like, I'll cut it right... So good. Yeah. And that Valyrian... How sharp is that Valyrian steel? Sliced through his head like butter. See, spoilers. I might re-watch it tonight. That's how good it was. Rings of Power is over. Do you want to watch that? Nope. Sorry. I'm, But I'm not a Lord of the Rings guy. I've never watched any Lord of the Rings. I was watching someone who, like, was trying... So, who's a big Lord of the Rings person who was trying to give it a really big chance and, like, watched all the episodes in each episode. <coughs> How was it over watched, already? How many episodes was it? Eight. 
But I watched. What were they thinking? I watched like their last four reviews because like it started out positive, and then it just got worse. Like horse, horse, horse. Dude, what do you think? People it like is? that Andor show. But what do you people think? are trying to say? It's Star Wars Game of Thrones. What do you think it is though about like? Why has Game of Thrones been so successful with, with its show? It's good storytelling. Is it because of the source material, or is it because like the showrunners are just like, they're the right people? It's, I think it starts with George R. 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 Martin's source material and his quality of work. Like he doesn't want to put out anything that's not good. So like, if his name's attached to it, I think he. Like George Lucas, like I think a good franchise needs that. When when like, George Lucas sold Star Wars, how do they know it's gonna be good? Because they have the world in their head. The world exists in their head. So like that's important. Like this now, show could have easily sucked. It it doesn't mean like when that person's gone, you can't tell good stories anymore. But that helps to keep the stories of higher quality. Is that why Star Wars, as soon as George Lucas stops yes. becoming like, well, he gave them. The story, just like George like, Lucas did. And they shit all over it. They literally wiped their ass with it. They threw it right in the garbage and they called J.J. Abrams. And then you like, know oh, this is cute, George Lucas. What do you know about Star Wars? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Nerd. Yeah, that's what they did. Hey, J.J. So now they could have still made a good Star Wars movie if they knew, if they like had found someone who loved Star Wars well, legitimately and put out a good Star Wars Well, so work. far I think that's what has been great for Game of Thrones. Benioff and Weiss... Diehard like book readers when they were younger, and yeah. when they were getting into Hollywood and wanting to do filmmaking and show and storytelling, they were like, "Man, we would love to do a Game of Thrones show. Like, we love that book, that series." And HBO was like, "Great, we'll do it." And now with this one, Ryan Condal and Miguel Sapochnik are like, "Well, standard oh. was set with that show, and they were able to to make that formula and carry it over to this show." And kind of define what a Game of Thrones show is, which is a lot of characters, long, dramatic scenes, and high-stakes sci- uh, fantasy, and political... The only thing you know. that I'm starting to get a little worried about with this show is, like, I don't know what their plan is, how many seasons they're going to go, but if, if it's going to be shorter because of the time jumps... I want more. Like, it's so good, I want more. I don't want to speed through it. I think that was the last time jump that they said was... Like, now it's like, hey, now we're telling the story. I think we're kind of caught up now. Because now, like, what happens now is... Viserys dies, the war begins. By the way, how how much does that open the door for other series and shit to, like... Do these kind of things. That's a a different storytelling model of, like, hey, we're going to really drag out this... Like, we're just going to set the stage... We're gonna do time jumps, and we're gonna tell you what's going on. And like, people are gonna think that this is really important, but at the end, and it is. But at the end of the day, it's like that's not even the story. Like, we're not even there yet. Now it's time for the story. It's definitely gonna be interesting. When Fargo did their time jump in season one, I was bothered by it and didn't like it. And they did it where it was like they tell you ten years later, ten years later, and all of a sudden, and it wasn't really with a lot of warning, and it wasn't. I don't know how necessary it was in Fargo. And I love that season of television. Um, but this is more... It could it could really set a new you know, standard in television where it's something that becomes more common. But the way they approach it, where you have these hour to hour and a half long mini-movies, 
and they're telling the story. But each movie is like its own independent like they're just giving section you like, of this bigger they're story. They're giving you these like little like points in time of like, hey, this like the reason why we we got here was because of this and then this and then this and it all happened at these different stages and it doesn't really matter what happened in between. There's some things that happen, but like for the most part the day to day stuff. We'll tell you stuff, about them. Yeah. Um, do you at all care about the actors not looking the ages that they like like Eamon looks 30 but like I don't care like none of that bothers me I, I think Eamon some of them you have to suspend your disbelief more than others like new Aegon like I would have just kept the old Aegon and just made him look a little bit older because he wasn't like the because I don't think the new Aegon is much of an improvement I thought so too I was like that's just like the same guy but it's fine like literally not the biggest deal Eamon Eamon's good. I like that. I one. like him. I like this guy. The only problem is I do think he looks way older than he probably should But, like, be. that one made sense because, like, he was a little kid the last time he saw him. And now he's a man. So, good. He's, like, an 18, 19-year-old kid. But he doesn't look 18 is my point. I mean... I think he looks older. Some kids sprout. And, like, Matt, Matt Smith has not aged a day in these I think he looks, 15 years I think he looks jumping. older. But the one who doesn't look any older is Kirsten Cole. He's like yeah. the George. He's like the Matt Stamos of the like Cole of age. Westeros. Kirsten Cole is just going to be the same. He's guy. getting younger, actually. He's they, so hot they now. Like cut his hair. Everyone's like, he was handsome when he was like twenty-two, but now at forty-four, he's like, holy shit! Do you see him? All right. We got to end this, or I'm just going to keep talking about Game of Thrones. We're a Game of Thrones podcast. The only, the world's only Game of Thrones slash Miami Dolphins podcast. You know there's a podcast called Talking Thrones? Did John Boy sue them? No. It's talking with a G. Despicable. Well, I was just going to say we should ta- name our podcast the Talking Dragons. Okay, we do. Talking Targaryen. We do the whole episode in Valyrian. <laughs> we learn how to speak High Valyrian, and we just only speak in it. I'd rather do it in Dothraki. I think that's a harder language to learn. High Valyrian seems. Would you grow out Dothraki like ponytails? I think I'm gonna go. I'm, I think I said it last week on the podcast. Do you I'm, recommend House of the Dragon to people? Would you recommend it to people? Like uh, somebody who doesn't watch Game of Thrones. What do you mean? I did watch Game of Thrones. But so, if someone told oh. you, you know, I wasn't, I never got into Game of Thrones, but I hear a lot of people say that House of the Dragon is really good. Should I watch it? I would it? say. Do I have to watch Game of Thrones? I would Thrones? say there's no reason for you to have to watch Game of Thrones and to, to enjoy this show. It is a standalone story. There will be things you will enjoy more about it if you knew Game of Thrones, but I don't think you need to. But you might like Game of Thrones more if you watch this you first. Are, <laughs> you, if you watch this and then watch Game of Thrones... I mean, you're going to just... You have the best entertainment of your life right in front of you for the next... However long it takes you to watch it. It's awesome. Like, you just enjoy it. Like, just enjoy having all of this stuff. Because I'm not big on, like, people telling you, oh, you got to watch this show. Because I never watch shows because shows take a lot of time. But, like, you got to watch this show. You should watch it. You should watch it. It's really good. I can't think of a better show to watch. But, I mean, I don't watch many shows. But I would watch this.
is this show good enough now that no matter what the next announcement is for a Game of Thrones anything, you're like, I'm there. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. But it's got to keep going because there are a lot of people who are skeptical of... Well, think about the early days of Marvel. Like, Marvel was awesome. Mm-hmm. And then in recent years, they've lost it. And they had it going for a long time. They were putting out really good movies. And you get a little fatigue. You and then get they get confident. And then they get bad. And it's like, well, now you're just making bad movies that are all the same. And you're like, you start just copying the movies that... Like, they used to have original ideas for their comic book movies. And then the ones that worked, they would, like, go, like, do those again, but a little different. And it's become, like, the copy of a copy thing, where it's like, Marvel movies are... Like, I don't watch them anymore. I think they're all kind of trash. Like, I don't think they're good. The writing is lazy. Weird jokes. But I think Game of Thrones is more deliberate. I think so, too. But you never know what happens as things get bigger and more popular. The first three Star Wars were stories that needed to be told. And I think George Lucas is still telling stories that he feels need to be told. And until that changes, the last... The the prequels still are are good, too. They're just... You just have to be really into it to like. By the way, I like that used to be like a thing of like everyone in appreciates nerd culture. the prequels now. Everyone's like, wow, the prequels like, were awesome. People in nerd culture used to shit on the prequels. Like, I don't count those. Like, but now I think we're so far. It's like, well, like the real ones are the prequels and the original. But it makes you wonder if there's something that worse that can come along that can make you appreciate the Disney trilogy. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Star Wars is showing you an ability to keep getting worse. So. I just want... Oh, you know what I want for Star Wars. It'll yeah. never happen. All right, let's go. Good night, everyone. We'll try to get a new topic, but for now, we're just Game of Thrones show. Bye.
Game of Thrones, I guess. Dude, Game of Thrones is awesome. <laughs> well, that's what I want to start the show with. Okay, we'll save that then. Um, I, I will talk say about it in like a like a bigger sense. All right, I will say. I almost went to the hospital. Oh yeah, for what? Because you asked before about the gym, and I forgot about it until just now. Oh, it must have been really serious. I, I thought, I had received like got the worst injury of my life. I was, like, trying to do inclined dumbbell press. And now that I'm at this gym, this gym has dumbbells that go all the way up to 120s. Which, like, I don't need that. Like, I don't use those. But when I was leaving LA Fitness, like, I was up to the hundreds, like, for my last like my last set. So it's been fun to try to, like, use the 105s and 110s. But when I get up to that kind of weight, like, I, I'm always trying to, like, find someone to... Just help me get it up, spot me a little bit. And today I wanted to do 105. You go up to another gym bro and say, hey dude, can you help me get it up? Typically, yeah. Well, I don't, I just, I try to pick someone that I'm like confident. You help me get it up? No, I just. That's really hard. That's not how you say it. It's really hard right now, bro. But, there was this kid next to me, and he was like the only one around. And I was like, he's so young and like small, but I was like, he'll be fine. Like, he he clearly works out. Like, he, but. He's like 16 years old. So I asked him, I was like, D- can, can you swap me on this? And he goes, very confidently, like, yeah, I got you. I was like, okay. All right. So I do like the initial, like, you kick you kick the weight up with your legs. Yeah. And now, like, I can't get it up for that first rep. Oh, Once it's up, this? then you can do it. So that's what I need him to, like, grab my arms, help push it up. I like how you're doing this. Your microphone's nowhere near your yeah. face. Yeah. Well, and we got a fucking Dover oil truck just <laughs> blasting in the background. Uh, so he grabs under my arms and we're, I know he's not, he can't do it as smoothly as I wanted because now I have to put in way too much effort to get it up. And I like kind of like moved, I don't even know how to explain that. Like You wavered. I'd wavered down into my right side. And when I tell you, the pain that I felt in this, like, right lower back, I thought I was going to die. See? Thought I was going to have to go to the hospital. Back pain's no joke. My hand still tingles and numb. I immediately just, like, started, like, rubbing and, like, I got, like, a foam roller, rubbed it out. So it doesn't feel nearly as bad, but initially I was like, oh. So I almost had to record from a hospital. Not really, I'm being dramatic, but still, it hurt. Well, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here. Beautiful day. <laughs> also, I'm feeling pretty good. Like, besides being absolutely embarrassed yesterday. <laughs> having, like, the worst day ever yesterday. You know what? But I, I almost, I feel better about that. I thought I felt so bad because we were there. But I've enough time has passed where I was like, I needed some sort of content. So I listened to like one Miami Dolphins podcast. And people who were not at the game felt just as horrible and disgusted. So it made me feel a little bit better knowing. But here's the thing. I would have still felt awful if I was watching that game from home. I moved on to the Vikings already. But the worst thing, the best thing about yesterday, I don't know if I said this to you, but like I, yesterday for me, just in terms of like stress level was all time. Like I, 
from the moment I woke up, knew it was going to be a stressful day. For for weeks out, I've been saying that this was going to be. A, well, as a soon game as I wasn't looking forward to going to. We you texted me on Thursday night when Tua got wrapped up, concussed out. You literally texted me and said, "Don't want to go to the game." <laughs> it's like, going to be awful. Yeah, most I mean, it was likely. It's ratings on the wall, but that's fine. The best part of the day was actually when I was sitting in that chair watching just the football happen. The the most enjoyable part of the day is watching, was watching that, the actual game. That awful the team game. was pretty good for mm. 45 minutes of the football game. They weren't good. No. But they fought they, hard. They, fought. they played. Yes. And based on what I was expecting, they looked better than I was expecting, actually. Because knowing Xavier Howard is out, knowing the offensive line issues we were having... Knowing Teddy Bridgewater was starting, and then before we even got to our seats, he was already out of the game. That was actually the best part because the team, for a lot of the game, we were able to cheer and watch a decent. Yeah, it was product. fine. It was fine. the The moment we, I had to wait and not watch the first quarter of football, though, from the security line because of ticketing issues was when there was no hope that I was going to leave that stadium with any sort of enjoyment outside of the Dolphins. Just Winning. how... Yeah. Not just win. They would have had to, like, have put on a... Because sp- I was just in such a... F- just, like, a bad place. The the atmosphere, everything, just was stressful. And then, obviously, the game goes the way it went. We were in that security line, and it was uh, 1250. And I said to Amanda, I said, if we miss kickoff, I'm going to lose it. And we almost didn't. We would have been in there. And she said, she goes, what time does the game start? I said, 1. I was like, the kickoff probably 105. And she goes, she goes, we'll, we'll be fine. I was like, I think so too. But, like, this line is not moving. I'm going to, I'm I'm already stressed. Oh, out on the line. I'm stressed thinking I'm not going to get into the stadium. I agree. I check my watch, like, as were the next people to go through security. And I think it was, like, 1258. Yeah. And I was like, okay, we're going to be good. Like even now, if we didn't it, know at that point that from where we were checking into the stadium, we had to walk to the, all the, way, the yeah. other side of the stadium. So we might not have actually. Even but it would have been fine. You would have got to your seat. We had it on we, the TVs. It would have been, been fine. Yeah. When we they told us we couldn't go in, and I had to go back to my car to put something back, and then when I can't, and I said to her, I was like, "What do I do when I come back? I have to re-wait in this line." She said, "Yeah, I could have at that point tackled that woman, and it's not her fault." But if I had known what I knew about the rest of the game and the parking lot situation, you just left I right there. Left then. Yeah. <laughs> I would have went home. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You'd been like, "Oh, I can't come in. That's fine. Bye. <laughs> I'm going home now." And then I won't even go. Fair, I'll go to the mall. To be fair, I wouldn't have come in the morning if I. I mean, that's not true because I had a hint that what happened was going to happen. Yeah. But the parking lot situation in MetLife, figure it out. You parking guys have lot. games every week. Can I just say to any like civil engineer who designs parking lots for a living, I've been in so many modern parking lots, like new, within the last five years, that look like they're designed by someone whose sole purpose was to cause accidents and, and misery. You want to know the best example of that? Actually, you should know the best example of that um, because a client lives right next to it. Okay, what? The newest shop right on 35. Oh, yeah. That parking lot is... It's insane. It is such <laughs> a massive space. And they have it's like no 30 spots. What? And you can't go... Why anywhere. are you just putting grass dividers everywhere? <laughs> it's wild. It's crazy. And there's like not enough spaces for everyone to, <clears throat> to go to the shop right. 
It's so nuts. And it's in such a busy spot. Yeah. And there's only one way in and out. It's crazy. Makes no sense. So there's a lot of things. MetLife Stadium is a new building. Now, everything about MetLife Stadium is a disaster. Um, and it costs like $80 patrillion to build. I've never and heard that before. What? Most times when you're trying to like exaggerate a number and think, like you say, gazillion or bazillion. Patrillion. I've never heard that. New, That's a good one. one. You coin it that. sounded a little bigger. 17 patrillion. <laughs> <laughs> so, it literally costs that much money, and then on top of it costing that much money, it they only spent like a hundred million of that money on the actual facility and design of the grounds. Like they they have all that money, but they only they didn't put that much money into the building itself. It looks like a piece of shit. It already looks thirty five years old. I don't know if you noticed when we were walking through the building, like cracks and like things like screens that have like whole sections of them broken Black. or missing it's like what yeah no it's a here? it's a garbage stadium um <laughs> it's a new stadium it's like one of the newest stadiums in the league and it's built in a literal wasteland so like, you could have done anything you wanted yeah you could have went crazy and made like the most insane cool stadium ever isn't it strange that the vision from the meadowlands when they were like let's spend 80 quant million dollars on this stadium and surrounding area, that their wildest dreams included only the most mediocre football stadium imaginable and a huge monstrosity of a generic shopping mall. Yeah, no, it's awful. And some it's townhouses. Awful. It's awful. But then the nothing else. <laughs> but, like, when they were designing it, like, had they been to other stadiums? Like... Yankee Stadium is 20 it's minutes a away. class facility. Gorgeous from the outside. Now, I've been in a lot of baseball stadiums. I'm aware that there are other stadiums. Like, people say City Field is better than Yankee Stadium. City Maybe Field that's true. Fantastic. But Give the Mets credit on their facility. It is a fantastic place. But, like, Yankee Stadium is also awesome. They, they have really cool restaurants, really cool little different food places. Museums. Dude, we're talking this stadium. The whole surrounding area, there's things to do. MetLife has nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. There's no variety in food. But now you have that mall. It's shit food, all three levels. There's no, like, exciting stuff. Those nachos were pretty pretty gross looking. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's just... In fact, I It's like they didn't even try. It's almost like Blue Claw level food. Oh, yeah, dude. And the Blue Claws have it's good like, food, but it's a minor league baseball stadium. It's... It might be one of the worst states. Like... Only because, like, if it was an old stadium, you'd be like, hey, this is fine. Camden Yards is better than MetLife Stadium. Camden Yards was built in 1998. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, think about, like, Hard Rock. Think about how nice Hard Rock is. Well, I've never been. I can't speak from experience. Well, I'm just talking about, like, pictures, what people say about it. Like, people rave about Hard Rock. You know what stadium's worse than MetLife Stadium that I've been to? Football or? Football stadium. FedEx Field. Oh, well. But, It I mean... almost killed Jalen Hurts <laughs> last year. So, yeah, it's... That Phoenix stadium Field is, is literally a joke. But, like, that's but an old stadium, isn't it? Wa- yeah, it's, like, 45 years old. Yeah, and it's... Everything about the Washington Commanders is Yeah, it's the so Commanders. Like, so, like, I don't know. It's and two football plus teams now, use this field. Not even talking about, like, the inside of it. The, the best architect you ha- could hire, their idea was, like, make it look I, like a jail on the outside. I, I, I just... W- I, I'm sure there's backstory and, like, explanation for why it looks the way it looks. But to me, it just looks like they put 
like it looks blinds. like it's not finished. You know, like horizontal blinds or whatever. That it just looks like it's like for sun, but it doesn't make any sense because it's on the outside it has no <laughs> impact on what happens on the inside. Purpose. So I don't understand. Yeah, it's bad. But inside, I gotta give Jets fan credit. We've been to that game every year for like the last five years or so. They showed up and they win. The Dolphins win, have won every time for us. It's always quiet in that stadium. Jets fans are always hospitable to us. It's fine. And it's always more Miami Dolphins fans than Jets fans. No. Or like... At the stadium? It's a lot of Dolphins fans. Maybe it feels like that because you win and like it's not no, a full stadium. Usually, usually, the most I think it's ever been was maybe two years ago. Or I last thought last year. year. And it's like... Maybe we get forty percent of the crowd. Dude, last year That's was a like lot. last year was like when you were walking around the concourse, leaving, coming in. I mean, it's like a fifty-fifty split. Like but you we see were a good and the Jets were out of it at the time. Yesterday, first of all, I was not expecting it to be a sellout. I don't know if it was a sellout. Of course, it was gonna. That's like one of the reasons why I didn't want to go is as soon as the Jets got that second that second win, bad. The season's good for them. The Jets fans have very limited opportunities to like buy tickets and, and go to games game. yeah. and like have a fun time. I wasn't I fully, didn't want to go to that game. I wasn't fully prepared for like it to be like a real Jets home game. Of course. Cuz every time we go it's not really a Jets home game. Yeah. And it changes completely the experience and I had a miserable time. I didn't like I I I'll be honest. I think Jet fans are the worst. Well, I've always, I've long held that belief. You know, I pity Mets fans, but I despise. I Mets pity fans. Mets fans. I Jets Bills, fans are like subhuman. I kind of hate no Bills fans. fans. Just I have, dude, I have people I love who are Jets fans, but like in terms of their Jets fans, subhumans. Just due to like this year and what the Bills fans are still to this day on Twitter just crying, they That's piss hilarious. me off. Bills fans are pathetic people too, but like but the you don't have Jets to regard fan. them. Yeah, I. I I probably will never step foot in that stadium again. I'll go if the Dolphins play the Giants in MetLife. I think that would be fun. No, I I'll probably go back to another Jet. It depends on the circumstances of the season. I won't go to another game where I believe the Dolphins are going to get slaughtered. <laughs> that was stupid of me. I knew that this game was just like this is spells disaster. And you got to trust your gut in those games. If we had had an amazing victory. Or just squeaked one out, it wouldn't have worth being there. No, wouldn't have been no. worth being there for how much I knew that was gonna. It was going to be the worst case at scenario. Best, the hardest fought game we would have had to have had. Now I knew that going into the Bengals game too, but it's similar situations. The Bengals game was four days after a meat grinder. Yes. In this game, the only hope was what we that we had the ten days off, but everything the problem that these is, teams have been through. You got. Hurt more over the le- the ten yes. days. Yeah, you, I thought we would use the ten days to like get healthy. No, we lost more. Players. We lost more players over ten days, which is like crazy. So we're really banged up. I I'm gonna say this: if we lose on Sunday, which if our quarterback situation isn't fixed and our secondary situation isn't fixed, and Teron Armstead is out, likely. you're probably going to lose. Seasons like. Not it's not over. I'm not saying the season's over, but like your three and zero start is already wasted. But they're three wins. You have three wins. You can win this next game. You're four and two. You're feeling fine. 
it sucks. We should have beat the Jets. You could have beat the Bengals. There's arguments to be made. You could have lost other games. Whatever. You're four and two if you win. But if you lose, you're three and three. You just you need it to be better after those first six games. It's hurt. What happens if you get to three and three? And you're still hurt. What happens if you're three and three after the Vikings game? Which actually, before the season, I probably would have put us at three and three after the Vikings game. But what happens when you're three and three after the Vikings game is every difficult game on the schedule it turns into like you gotta win. Yeah, you gotta win most of these. And games. that's a problem. And like that means there's games against like the Packers late in the year after that you're gonna have to win the game to the good Giants team. Yes, that's another loss that they can't take. So like. It's gonna get harder. Yes, and this team is. When I was going, team, when I'm going through the schedule like before the season starts, which is stupid. You shouldn't do it because it doesn't mean anything. But like that Packers game in my head is a loss. It might now be like, oh, we have to win that game. Exactly, and that's a problem. Yeah. So like, you really would like to get this Vikings game. Same. Luckily, after the Vikings, you still have the Steelers and the Bears, but even those teams, if you're pl- putting this version of the Dolphins on the field and not the version that went out weeks one, one, two, and three, every game, even against Steelers, a Steelers team that looks terrible or, a, a you know, all teams are going to be hard. The Lions can score points. They didn't this week, but, like, they might come out on you and score points. If let me, secondary, let me ask you playing. a question. I've been thinking about this. That Bills game that we won, Great win. Felt so good after. You you wound up sparking this crazy controversy with a quarterback because of what happens the following Thursday. That ultimately means you lose your quarterback one. By some crazy chain of events in the NFLPA, you wind up losing your quarterback two because of that game. By the way, oh, the uh, NFL's rigged conspiracy theorists can point to the Miami Dolphins constantly and be like, well, I mean, look at this team. But in this event, like, how are the gamblers in New York not just propping up the Jets and having some spotter on the sideline take Jacoby Brissett out of that game on play? I love that you keep calling. You've done this all week. You keep calling Teddy Bridgewater Jacoby Brissett. It is is hilarious to me because they're, like, the same guy to me. And every time you've said it, my brain doesn't even, like, register it. Teddy Bridgewater, no offense. Teddy Bridgewater seems he's like a great better. guy. I think he's better than Jacoby Brissett. On the field, probably a better player. But, but in I terms agree. Of what they mean for this team, so I just I, have them. I agree. I mean, the, it feels like because it, dude. I saw so many clips from yesterday of guys, of guys getting, getting hit and like coming up like a little wobbly. They don't get taken. Like it was only Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Only for the Dolphins. So it the seems. Home- the home dog, and then that's not the even counting. Game. By the way, that like that was, that was not a safety. That was not intentional no. grounding in the end zone. No. How can intentional intentional grounding means you intentionally put the ball in a spot you where know, you no know one can catch? Yes, it. he was throwing the ball as he's getting hit, and the ball goes flying out of his hands and just lands on the ground near a receiver. How was that? How was that? So whatever. All that to say, Xavier, we didn't see that play. Xavier Howard. However hurt his groin was before the Bills game, he has not been himself since the Bills game. So, like, the Bills game probably hurt him. Waddle, same thing. So, my question is, is, like, was that Bills win worth it? Would it have been better to lose to the Bills, you beat the Bengals, and you beat the Jets, and you're 4-1? and I mean, but you've lost to the Bills. There's no world where losing to the Bills means you're beating the Bengals and the Jets. 
Oh, it could be. No. There's no world. There's no world. The same players on the field doing the same things in a Bills loss and a Bills... Unless you're saying, like, everyone's taking it the Bills been... game off. Like, how is no one getting hurt in the Bills game? No, no. I'm saying... Well, I'm just painting a picture of, like, your you quarterback... You the Bills, but Tua doesn't come back. great after Tua doesn't come back in the second half. Teddy Bridgewater plays against the Bills in the second half. It becomes a boat race. It's not a hard-fought battle until the end. You play the Bengals... Tua plays. Tua doesn't get concussed. I don't know. I mean, it, a I lot just, of things change. I don't believe if we... I just can't believe that if we lose the Bills, we somehow beat the Bengals and the Jets. But, I mean, if that's the trade, sure, I'd rather be 4-1. and one. But I think that it's worth it just to beat the Bills. Like, it's worth it to beat the Bills. And even if your season never gets back on track, like, this is year one with McDaniels. And it's... We were talking about it yesterday. Like, it, I, we love Tua. But two has to play. So, like, if two is going to miss multiple games and the season just doesn't get get where we want it to go, this is still the start of a new regime here that has some pieces in place. And, frankly... <laughs> it is it is a problem that your offense doesn't work without Tua. Yeah, so you gotta you got to keep building this roster and team if we got to get this team where we want it to go. Like, I think the Patriots are, are dog shit, but, like... They're playing their third-string quarterback, who's a rookie. And they put up points. And he put up points and looked good. Although the Steelers are... Still, Steelers are worse than the well, Jets. Well, the Lions. They played the Lions. And oh, the Lions no. don't have a defense. Yeah, the Lions are worse than the The Jets. Lions have given up more points than anybody in the league. They don't have a defense. But, it doesn't matter. Like, the guy's a rookie. It's his yeah. first ever start. And he... Whatever. So... I just... I'm... I'm... Worried. I'm officially on the worried meter after being like really confident. Because in the first three weeks, like it was fun. It was fun being talked about as like a a pretty good team. I've now moved on past worried because I was worried about this. Is was worried was the Bengals and the Jets. I was worried for those two. Fears were confirmed. So now I'm past worried. I'm on to now. We're just seeing what's going to happen. And all possibilities are on the table now. Maybe we get healthy, we get on a little bit of a run, right the ship, go to the playoffs, all good. Maybe we don't. And if we don't, then it's just thinking about what are we doing to move forward and what are we satisfied with. And right now I'm still satisfied with the coaching staff. I'm still, even though people are on Josh Boyer right now, I'm still kind of satisfied with the defense up until the I'm end. not. I think this defense is is piss poor. They have no secondary playing yesterday. I don't they still care. Well. So I don't really care about the no secondary. To me, that's not the issue. It the, is issue the issue is your completely healthy D-line that cannot generate pressure. They cannot generate sacks. That's a problem. No. Jalen Phillips has done nothing. Christian Wilkins and Zach Sealer, they've been good, but we're not getting to the quarterback. We are one of the worst teams in the league right now in pressures. You're on the field constantly. Be- well, okay, so it's a it's a giant problem. I, this is what I was saying. Your pass rush can't finish plays, and you can't get to the quarterback. The pass rush. This defense is not designed on four guys rushing the passer and getting a pass rush. That is not what Correct. this defense is designed on. Your so defense. You gotta throw that idea. Your defense window. is designed on. You're a coverage defense. Well, you have no. You're coverage. a coverage defense because, and that allows you to be a blitzing defense with extra guys, which yeah, you can't you do, can't right, do that now. right now. So like. And but the defense played well yesterday. I know they gave up 40 they points. They played... I can't say they played well, because they did not play well. There were two games that happened yesterday. There were three quarters and Even a half Even in those three quarters quarter. that where you keep the Jets off the board, 
you're and you're giving them short you're giving them short fields. I understand the defense didn't play bad, but the defense didn't play well. They were getting run on nonstop. I disagree. I think I think holding the Jets to 19 points. We don't have linebackers. Our linebackers are healthy and they're bad. I don't know what you. I don't. Noah Igbenogany, Kater Hakohu is your best cornerback yesterday, and he he actually played pretty well. He, he played had, fine. He had that one weird play where he went to but try to get the ball. My only point is like that's your star. That's your cornerback right now. Well, yes. No one. No, listen. So your defense needs to cover wide receivers for three to three and a half seconds so that your defensive line with four guys or your blitz can get home. And it's not even really designed to get home as much as it's designed to disrupt the quarterback and generate turnovers, which has been a problem because the cornerbacks, even when they're healthy this year, haven't been able to finish the plays with their turnovers. Correct. Which they have. I think this team has a... The defense looks even better, which they look terrible right now. But here's the thing. The problem is, like... But this defense wasn't good last year. Well, that's my point, though. Is like, this team... It's not like this defense is, like, playing much worse than last year. They're playing pretty much exactly what they're good enough to win. The Demons played oh, good enough to win that game. Absolutely. But and that's all I care about. Like, I don't care where they end up ranked. I don't care how many. They gave up the 19 points they gave up to the Jets before we missed that field goal was enough to win that game. And I think if the field goal goes through the uprights and the defense has a lead, maybe they still get up that the touchdown. Missed, it takes a long time. The missed like that. field goal, you're giving them the ball back at midfield. The strip sack gave them the ball in like the 20. Uh, the interception gave them the ball back at midfield. So, like, we gave them a ton of short fields. But the problem is, is like, okay, short fields. Our defense isn't getting off the field because they're not generating the turnovers. They aren't creating... But they are getting off the field. Like, they're stopping people on fourth downs and getting the ball back. They're forcing people into long field goals. But how many times, like, this year have we, like, we're getting into the backfield, getting contact on a running back, in just not being able to bring them down. That's so definitely a flaw instead of defense. being instead of being in positions where it's like second and eight, third and ten, you're always in these like middle to short yardages that it's like it's so hard to do that for defense over and over okay, and over again. That I think that's just that's hyper focusing on like a small issue rather than think looking at the big picture of this team. Like the bigger issue is like if this offense were generating and were healthy, then I think the defense is 20 times better than it is right now. But so to me, they could tackle better for sure. They tackle poorly, but then, but they do a lot of other, if things we're going to talk about defenses don't do well, very well. But then so, we're going to talk about offense though. It's like, well, I don't care who your quarterback is. I don't care if it's two. I don't care if it's Skylar Thompson. I don't care what running backs you bring in. I don't care what star wide receivers you trade for. Career made the decision to go get Connor Williams and Teron Armstead. Great. We need to fix this line. The problem is, Teron Armstead, his whole career, has had injuries, and so far this year, he's had to deal with injuries this whole time. Yesterday, it got worse. Who knows how many weeks he's going to miss now. Austin Jackson, hurt week, was that, one, two? This line is now going to be worse than it was last year. Liam Eikenberg is the worst-graded guard in all of football right now. I mean, if you're going to get on Chris Greer for anything, it's definitely his... I, look, I really don't want to talk about the Dolphins this long right now. Like, it's I didn't... I didn't pay attention to the Dolphins at all today. I don't care. Like I said, I'm on to the Vikings. Yesterday is yesterday. It's over. But you can definitely get on Chris Greer for how he's built this offensive line. But I think going forward, no matter what happens this season, unless it's some unmitigated disaster and we only end up with four or five wins, which, I mean, is possible, 
unless you're firing everyone, which I don't want to do because I like this coaching staff. Like I like that Sam Madison and Patrick Sertain and Wes Welker are on a coaching staff with a young offensive-minded head coach who has a pulse of like the players in his locker room. I like that. And it might get ugly this year if the injuries don't get better soon. That's a, that's okay. It happens sometimes. It's disappointing, but it's still the first year of this regime. I think we have to just stick it out with Greer and McDaniel for three seasons and see what happens. I think I think McDaniel and his coaching staff for sure. I don't think Greer gets the same leash. That's you have all. to keep them together. We no, you, do I don't it. think we you can't do. Stay on this stupid ride. You don't Keep have the front to. office. Franchises together. don't do it all the time. All the time, franchises move on from GMs or move on from coaches. Like it's not like you need to replace everything. It never works, man. It never works. It never works in Miami. It never works unless the coach and the head coach. That's such bullshit. You can't say it doesn't work. It does work. And working together. It does work. You need them to be on the same page. And this coaching staff and this front office. Are so on then the you same bring page. in a GM who could be on the same page. But again, I'm but not even attacking GM- Greer. My point isn't I'm attacking Greer. I don't think Greer should be fired. I'm just saying, if it gets worse, and like the things that are worse are like specifically, you can point to Chris Greer. Well, then I don't know. What I'm saying is that's what people are going to want to do. They're going to want to fire Chris Greer. I don't want to fire Chris Greer unless you're firing McDaniel too. I want everyone gone or everyone in. I want this to be. That's dumb. Look, we knew what the roster was coming into the season, and we already saw in three games that the te- that the team could be pretty good when it's healthy. That's all I care about. I will say last thing. I'm hoping. They're kind of like the Yankees for, like, when the Yankees did it in, like, 2019 and, like, 2020 of, like, just grind through the year, hurt, try to just squeak in at the end of the season, get healthy, get ready for the playoffs if you have a push in you, and maybe, who knows, something could happen. But it it now feels like you're going to be dealing with injuries the whole year. You got tons of people hurt. Who knows what's going to happen. But this is, people were making me so upset over the course of the week when they were like, oh, you know, don't uh, don't start X or don't start this guy or that guy because, you know, you get him healthy after these games. Like we, every game, we need every player available to play. Especially because, like... This team is not good enough to be anyone without his best players. Well, I don't think any team... I don't care how good of a team it is. Like, if you take away... Your five best players? Your two starting tackles, your two starting cornerbacks... You're two starting quarterbacks. You're not going to play winning football. You're just not going to. If you rank the Dolphins six, Oh, the penalties have to get better, too. If you rank the Dolphins... But a lot of the penalties are coming on young kids, too. Shouldn't be on the field. It's bad. So, I mean, like I said, this might be more of a first-year development year than we expected at the start, but it could just be like whatever circumstances. But at least we got to see that glimmer at the beginning where it was like, okay, this team could be good when it's... The vision is kind of okay. And, like, when they were good, they weren't even good yet. No. Like, when they were good, they, they, was, they, they were like, hey, this, this team could be bad. really good. And right now they're just... But like, now they're like, hey, this like, team could be up. really bad. <laughs> yeah, it might get bad. But, I mean, any team that's on its third string, like you just said, like, any team that's on its third string quarterback and it's and this, no and their best And their best secondary guy is an undrafted free agent whose dad won the lottery in Africa. <laughs> Things aren't going well. <laughs> Things aren't going well for you. I'm sorry. They're not. And it just happens sometimes. But, like, I'd rather it be this way than it's been in years past where it's just been, like, not good enough. Yeah, like, the guys are all there, and it's like, oh, we're just not good. <laughs> yeah. Like, last year when you went 1-7 and seven and your defense sucked, everyone was there. Except everyone. for Tua. Tua was hurt. And that was but, a big part of it, too. But. 
Because we knew we would have won some of those games with Tua. But which is why you wanted Teddy to win this game yesterday. It's like, okay, we have Teddy. Did you spent $22 million on a backup quarterback who played one snap. I don't blame him for that, though. What, spending the $22 million? No, getting playing one snap is where you see everyone. No, oh, absolutely it's not his fault. The whole game. Yeah, absolutely not his fault. By everyone else's standards. This new rule put out all, out of all the players in the it NFL yesterday. One player. It was the Dolphins' bad quarterback on the first play of the game. It's crazy. That is not... That is NFL fuckery. There, there were memes going around that like, oh, we found the spotter who <laughs> ruled out Teddy Bridgewater. It's a picture of Brian Flores with a mustache. <laughs> so. So, yeah. All right. I really didn't want to talk about Like, now there's just going to be like 40 minutes at the end of the podcast where we're talking about the Dolphins that no one's ever going to listen to that I don't care about. Like, I didn't want to do this. It is what it is. Why is this just... I didn't even... Yesterday I got home and I didn't even like sports anymore. And then I watched the Mets game. Then you're like, sports are great. <laughs> this is great. I love Mets, fan. <laughs> uh, I've been, my Twitter is just blowing up. Every time I turn it up, there's, I have 15 notifications because I'm just going in on <laughs> Mets fans who are like, about the ear, the ear thing. Oh, they're crying about They the really ear. think, He's like. cheating. Bro, first of all, first they checked his, anyone. they you checked his ear. Like there was times. nothing there. And his spin rates were barely up. Also, your pitcher spin rates were also up because it's the playoffs and you're juiced up and like you're throwing the ball faster. And if you throw the ball faster, your spin rates are going to go up. It's. It... But also, like Mets fans are dumb. They ha- they the big problem is that they haven't been able to hit. Yes, your offense sucks. It's like it's not Musgrove's earwax. His ear was really shiny, though. I mean, maybe he had something on his ear, but the the umps did look at it. Well, yeah, they touched his ear. There's not here. I mean, it's not. This guy just has weird skin. It's really shiny. <laughs> well, maybe it was something. Maybe it was something that's not like I saw someone say it was icy hot or uh, that was McCutcheon. McCutcheon was like it's a uh, red hot. It, it keeps like your ears keeps warm. you keeps you like locked in. Like it's makes you uncomfortable. And then I, mean, I, saw, that's I saw people on Twitter talking about how apparently I didn't know this was true. It might not be true, but it's it, actually jizz. Roger Clemens was it Roger Clemens? He used to put icy hot on his balls. To bother him? To bother him. He didn't want to be comfortable on the mound. That is psycho shit. And then I saw, like, I saw Mets fans be like, it's clearly Vaseline on his ears. It's like, first of all, Vaseline wouldn't help him increase spin rates. It Vaseline is slippery. <laughs> like, unless you're, throwing, like, unless you're throwing, like, a change-up with the Vaseline, and, like, that's the only pitch you're going to throw. Like, Vaseline doesn't help you get spin rate. I don't know. Do you think that 55-year-old Roger Clemens, when he goes to pitch against the like batting practice for University of Texas A&M... Not a rubs, just just Texas. He rubs Icy Hot on his balls? Like when he plays in the alumni game? Yeah, yeah he does. He's like, watch this. Yeah, here we go. When he goes to try to strike out his son, he's like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. 